During the last couple of tales from the C-suite, you learned about my interesting time in civil court. Although I did nothing wrong, plaintiff offered the jury a heartbreaking and plausible David versus Goliath story. Unfortunately, I represent the face of the company and therefore Goliath. We all know how that story is supposed to end, so I needed to reach into my bag of instant credibility enhancers and offer them to the jury as I told my side of the story. Last week, I shared how none of us are perfect and are subsequently more credible when some flaws are visible. These weaknesses can't be showstoppers, just a few minor blemishes to appear human. As you know from the last episode, I offered the jury a peek into many other elements of the turnaround. Net result, I correctly delegated responsibility that ultimately resulted in the employee's termination. Nice start to be sure, but this case is far from over. Plaintiff's counsel tries another tactic that causes me to deploy my next credibility enhancer, precision. I don't remember all of the psychology behind the power of precision, but I'm completely confident that we are more persuasive when we are more precise. Think about it this way. Who's more likely to be on time? The date who tells you 6 p.m. or the one who says six-ish. At one stage of my cross-examination, plaintiff's counsel asked me how saving his client's $64,300 a year annual salary was going to save a company that was more than a quarter billion dollars in debt. That number, he rambles on, would not even pay the monthly interest on such a large debt. Now, would it, Mr. Solomon? No. He goes on to speculate that since I ultimately only terminated two dozen people from the company, that his client's termination was irrelevant to the survival of the company and punitive and discriminatory. From my perch next to the judge, I could feel and see the jury's heads nodding in agreement with this question and tone. I mentally scrambled in the witness stand. Sounds like a pretty precise argument to me. I needed to buy time. So I turned to the jury and said, the objective was not to save one job. The objective was to save 2,000. I don't consider losing 24 out of a possible 2,000 jobs a failure. The greater good. Yes, Mr. Solomon. But the question is whether or not you view $64,300 absolutely critical to saving all of those other jobs. Yes. I warmed inside as this was not only the answer to the question, but also signaled my confidence in my ability to offer a precise answer that destroyed the unnecessary argument. How can that be, Mr. Solomon? Ultimately, a headcount reduction was a necessary investor requirement for receiving a $20 million equity infusion. Without that $20 million, we would not have successfully renegotiated our debt and not been able to reopen the facilities and all 2,000 jobs would have been lost. In short, I was able to enhance my credibility by articulating the precise process required to refinance the company and how a seemingly insignificant domino was a necessary component in the chain. Now I'm starting to feel pretty good about this case. The jury looks like they could be leaning in my direction. 
Unlike the thriller movie, however, I'm not going to leave my attacker seemingly unconscious at the bottom of the stairs. I have to deliver one final blow. Tune in to the next episode of Tales from the C-Suite and listen as the expert puts the nail in the coffin. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear your questions or comments at samasolomon.info.